Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, the Ides of March. Um, It is my wife's birthday, so a happy birthday to my wife. I want to start that off right. Yeah, we know who your wife's name, but happy birthday. Natalie. Mrs. Kendall. Does she go by Mrs. Kendall? She's actually Dr. Del Vecchio. She I was gonna say, I've been married name. almost 22 years, and I'm still not sure what my wife's last name is at times. Yeah. It's 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 yes, ma'am. <laughs> exactly. Whatever she wants it to be. <laughs> Two clicks are one. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Happy birthday to the wife, Dr. Del Vecchio. Um, shout out to her and welcome in, guys. Happy day two of free agency. Broncos made a somewhat late evenings uh splash i was making her a birthday cake when that came across and the cake got made a little sore because of that but it's still good um so uh yeah dj jones in the house and uh bronco's doing something it's fun i was starting a little bit scared because the chargers were making good move after good move um i feel like I'm, second, praising them. I'm missing facebook here oh well let's uh let's get oh duh let's get facebook up in yeah, here I'm, i interrupted you and it throws off our flow that's my fault no, it's totally fine. I did not get it going. Now I have to tell everybody it's my wife's birthday again. No, um, she probably doesn't want to. She doesn't care. There we go. Facebook folks up in here. Broncos signed DJ Jones. Three-year, $30 million, $20 million guaranteed to help solidify the Broncos run defense. And I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. Obviously, the Broncos played pretty pretty high uh, for what is a run-stuffing defensive tackle. Not a guy who's typically been a very good pass rusher. Um, also not a guy who has the massive body type um, of your typical nose tackle three technique um, position. And I'm really curious to see what his his role is in Denver, because the way the 49ers used him 49ers, let's I guess we'll paint the picture here. 49ers play a four, three defense mm-hmm. um, and they do not really use a nose tackle or a defensive tackle who's lined up over the a tech, uh, the a gap um, still DJ Jones played a vast majority of their reps over the a gap last year, 54 compared to contravious streets, uh, 17, but mostly he was over the B gap and, um, playing a little bit of gap and a half there, uh, for the, the 49ers. So let's, uh, let's say hello to there. Just kind of getting some information out there for you guys, because I've been doing a little research this morning and my brain is still on uh fallback time. So bleh, Jacob Foster, God bless you, man. Coming in with the kid, with the pictures, with the support. We we love you, Jacob. Thank you so much. Good morning to you. Hopefully you're enjoying the Broncos. Uh, Broncos day one of free agency. We'll see what day two brings. So, yeah, Jacob wishing uh, a happy birthday to to everybody here. Uh, and some other folks coming in here saying happy birthday to uh, Dr. What Did I hear a, like in a good Italian in there? Like Del Vecchio? Yes. Del Vecchio, the old one is the uh, what Del Vecchio means. Yep, Who's she's, the famous uh, Del Vecchio? Was that... Was that like Shirley from Laverne and Shirley or something? There's I a think famous. So. Yep, I there's think a firm, so. There's a there's a famous Telvecchio name in there in the in the uh, TV history. Yeah. Uh, no, when I when I took a look at DJ Jones, I said, "My goodness, Nick, he certainly reminds me of a certain Atlanta Falcon that I've been talking about would play for the Denver Broncos. Six foot, three oh five, quick yeah. as a cat, great hands. A big difference between." Uh, multi-time Pro Bowler Grady Jarrett and uh, DJ Jones is DJ Jones is 
90% of the player at half the price. And, yeah. you know, to be fair uh, to, to Nick, you know, the, the same concerns that he had about someone like Grady Jarrett fitting in there, he just expressed with DJ Jones. Is it, is it a great fit? Um, again, and Nick, you're always very big on, on the numbers and the number of snaps. You've got a guy that can play, a, a, a he can stay in a 4-3 type, you know, depending on what package you're in. If you want to walk four up, you want to walk five up, if you want to slide him inside or outside, he's strong enough at six foot three oh five. He's going to have the leverage that he can hold a nose guard position if you need him to. I've watched him sit there and, and hold up two, uh, a center and a guard just fine. Uh, he's really quick off the ball, so he gets good penetration. And uh, I like the move. I do. And again, <clears throat> 10 million sounds like a lot, but you know, it's, it's, it's when I compare it to, like I said, to a very, very similar player in Grady Jarrett, it's not that much. Grady Jarrett's about to hit the free agent market. He's got one year left on his deal and he'll probably get about twice that, at least one and a half that. So that's a, and, and this, and, and DJ's younger. So I think that's a, a, a good fit in that area. Um, we've mentioned the word bullied several times about what has happened in the trenches. This, this guy can get bullied. He's a, he's an animal. He's, he's an animal in there. Uh, yeah. and, and, and y'all have heard me also say before, don't sleep on these Mississippi kids of uh, the, the kids down in Mississippi, you know, it's, you know, I don't mean to sound condescending here, but I'll say the same thing about like South Florida and Pahokee. It's not like my Buford Parkview kids here in Metro Atlanta that have had personal trainers since they were 12. You know, they're just starting to scratch the surface. The minute they get to college between training, strength and conditioning, nutrition, nutrition, and all of those type of things mm -hmm. that a six round uh, draft pick from old miss you know just got a 30 million dollar contract congratulations to to him and and frankly to again i keep harping on it you know the the state of mississippi and the players that they produce yeah no absolutely it's a uh it's a big one and i'm really excited the broncos did that i do think that the broncos had their eyes on uh, sebastian joseph day first and foremost that's my understanding based on who i've talked to um and he took the chargers deal which was slightly more than what the broncos offered um, and then Denver pivoted to DJ Jones. So they paid more, um, for DJ Jones, but he's a, he's a more premium player as far as what he brings to the table with his run defense. And let's say hello. We got a couple super chats coming in here for 99. Let's say hello to those first. We got Kevin. Oh, there you go, Scott. Um, Kevin and I talk on Twitter a good bit. Uh, so hello to Kevin and, uh, Kevin is the first person to, I got to give him some credit. Um, you're a big Christian Watson guy. He, he brought me Christian Watson said, watch this guy a month before the senior bowl. So, uh, Shout out to Kevin. I, wide receivers, if they go fast, I know them. Um, typically, that's how I go with wide receivers. I'm much better with my trench play and a cornerback evaluation. Honestly, that's another one. But um, Kevin coming in was disappointed to not get Joseph Day, but I think DJ Jones is way better. And based on his highlights, he seems a decent pass rusher as well. Highlights can be deceiving, I guess is what I will say. Um, DJ Jones is slippery, but you didn't bring him in for his pass rush. He does have the ability where if you leave him one-on-one, -on -one, he can be slippery and slide off a guard or a center. But you brought him in because he helps you change the math up front with a good run stuffer. The Broncos were 30th in the NFL last year in run stuffs. So now what is a run stuff? Run stuff is where the rushing play for the opposing team gets either zero or negative yards. And you wonder why the Broncos were so bad at getting after the quarterback last year. They were one of the worst teams on third and yards to go in the entire NFL. They just didn't have on many both sides, Nick, you know, we sides. talk about on both sides. So yep. again, bullied in the trenches yep. when you're looking at third and short on defense. And when you're looking at, Third and long on offense, it's tough to win games. Yep, exactly. And uh, first and second down, we uh, we are out of the run, run, the RRPP era, which is run, run, pass, punt, um, where first and second down <laughs> are pass plays in uh, today's NFL. 
Um, and that's why that's honestly the big reason why you've seen the, I guess we'll call it the revolution of the two high shells on first and second down because first and second down are pass downs in today's NFL. And when you have a guy like DJ Jones, guess what? You can play too high because you don't have to allocate seven guys to the box and play cover one or cover three on first and second down and get killed by a Patrick Mahomes and get killed by a Justin Herbert. So excited to see what DJ Jones brings. And uh, good morning to you, Kevin. We got Bryce coming in too. I don't recognize this name. Bryce Parasine. 499. I, I reckon he's been, uh, he's newer, but definitely not his first time here. So welcome back, Bryce. Thanks for being yeah. here. New, new to me. Um, awesome. We got four time pro team, four time first team all pro in NFL's 2010 all decade punter. Uh, James Heckert, I believe, is set to be released from the LA Rams via McAfee. I say we make a play. Uh, he's definitely interesting. Um, I'm always a little bit skeptical of paying specialists, especially now that the Broncos are moving on from the suffer ball era and you are already paying. Um, sorry, Scott, I have to steal that because I'm glad you've adopted that phrase. It just fits. I mean, God, it's, I think about it for the Iowa Hawkeyes too. It's God, um, everyone drink. Um, but, uh, yes. Um, the thing that kind of concerns me about Heckert, not that he is not a hecker, uh, not that he's not a good puncher, but it's also, you're already paying Brandon McManus, a lot of money too. So do you want to allocate that much money to both your kicking specialists? I, I need to see what they else first. Like if that's the difference between you being able to bring in Chandler Jones or not, are you bringing in another defensive back or not? Don't pay the punter. Don't pay the punter, but um, I'm interested down the line. Well, and I was looking at last year, you know, we were talking about Mike Purcell and all this. I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm, I think I'm right on this. It may have changed yeah. with the, you know, escalators and contracts, but I'm like, I think you're paying your kicker and your punter more than you're paying your starting nose guard. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a little backwards, you know. Mike Purcell, um, and when I, I think when I first read DJ Jones, I was thinking three twenty five, and I was like, okay, this is a Mike uh, a Mike Purcell upgrade, which I mm. still think is coming. Uh, Mike yeah. can do a job, but <clears throat> I'd still like to bring in some competition for him. Yeah. Um, want to want to hit this question from Juan Espinosa real quick. He said, "How does the money work?" New pick from Juan. As well. had, I'm sorry. It's a new picture from Juan as well. Oh, okay. So uh, shout out Juan. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a, a fireman. Yeah. A uh, fireman get up. Um, so no, we only had 23 million. We signed DJ for 30. Just wondering um, how that works out. Oh, there we go. Big shout out to first responders. Thank you for all your hard work. Absolutely. To without a doubt. So thank God. you from all of us to all of you and from all of Broncos country. Um, mm -hmm. The 30 million is across three years. So it's just 10. So theoretically that would leave 13. That said, the cap is also flexible based on what you want to do. And, and spot rack's really good at this is the big number is guaranteed money. And then you do that across the three years. So if you hear it's 23 million guaranteed, you think, okay, then I've really got against the cap. Uh, let me do it 21 million because that's easier math. 21 million, then it's really 7 million across three years against the cap. And then maybe it eats into the 10, but that, that's how you can think of that. So when you're, when you're looking at these numbers, and it's gotten better because it used to be <clears> – <throat> the contracts were all just BS. They're all basically just a, a series of one-year deals with club options. They could be waived at any time. It's like, oh, he just got $100 million. It's like, he'll see five of that. He didn't get $100 million. It's ridiculous. Um, but there's much more guaranteed contracts. Like, uh, you know, just going back to Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy Teddy's deal uh, is, I think, like five and a half to 10, depending on what he ends up doing, which puts him right in line of the five to seven of what we've been talking about that he was before Charlotte uh, the Carolina Panthers lost their minds. So mm -hmm. uh, do just do the, the math works, divide total compensation by what you hear by number of years, but really look at the guaranteed number when that's always reported because uh, yeah. NFL contracts, the most dangerous sport of our big sports is the only one without guaranteed contracts.
So yeah. appreciate you, Juan. Good question. Yeah, thank you so much, Juan. Let's say uh, hello to also, some people. Got some, also, oh, some other folks coming in. Luke saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. How do you like DJ Jones? I think we, you know, we've hit on that a lot. Um, I think that guys under six foot three on the interior line are discriminated against coming into college and also coming out of college. And then once they prove themselves in the NFL, then they get paid. So they've got to work just a little bit harder uh, and do things a little bit better. Again, sixth round pick. I mentioned Grady Jarrett. Fifth round pick. Oh, he's too short. Yeah, until he goes in there and wrecks your freaking season. Then you might want to get somebody like that on your team. Um, he's got a great burst, quick hands, um, and, and and a high motor guy. I know you don't know high motor. Yeah, but he is. Yeah, that's how you have to make up for being six foot tall. He he yeah. works a little bit harder. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm flashing some good mornings here. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm not going to shout out every person, but you deserve your screen time if you're hanging out with us today. And Mark gets a shout out. Mark was driving yesterday and uh, sent us a message. I saw you, Mark. Um, be safe. I'm glad you're doing okay down there in uh, Katy, Texas. Is it Katy? I think. Um, but uh, good morning, guys. Ready for day two? I like the move, Katy, Texas, too. That's for sure. Yeah, I've seen them in the state championship games. Um, yeah, they, they, they take their they take their high school football seriously down yeah. in Mark's neck of the woods. Pro- professional high school football. <laughs> let's be real. Um, yeah, no, it's I'm excited for day two. Also, um, we'll get into that in a second because there's a lot to talk about, and I've heard two names specifically to keep an eye out for today things could change. I mean, it's, but that's, that's the thing. Oh, Nick, you said the Broncos were interested in Shel- uh, Joseph Sheldon day. They were, but guess what? Somebody paid a little bit more and he followed the money as his, his American God given NFL, right? So uh, God bless him for that. I guess, yeah. um, unfortunately he goes to the chargers, but excited about DJ Jones. We got Arthur in there. You, you can lie to us. I, I, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for flattery. I'm, I'm insecure. So I'm a sucker for flattery. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> hello to our Twitch guy. Um, hello, guys. Good to see you, Arthur. We got Rebels. Basically replace Harris with Jones. Joe, uh, Joey Budke, also morning, guys. Clayton Huron's in the house also. Good to see Mort- DeAndre Weatherspoon. Uh, Scott, I'm so sorry. I'm just kind of ro- rolling through I here. know. You're all caffeinated up this morning. I'm uh, not. I'm compensating. Good morning, fellas. Really <laughs> hope we solidify that o- offensive tackle spot here in free agency to deal with the prob- possible problems in L.A. Um, when it comes to general manager and personnel movement miguel is our is it miguel or lawrence miguel maybe it's lawrence it's lawrence uh rivera is our our uh doubter he's our yeah but guy so maybe you know that's what threw me off with here because uh they they're doing some good stuff in la that's for sure um you know when you get somebody like the chiefs and you get some money available and you start to go after some guys and with the salary caps and everything you can start paying some guys now you know some of the questions and appreciate the stars miguel as always um yeah that was a pretty good one too uh by the way from (laughs) the run on pass punt um if you pass on first down and it's incomplete they always always run on second down just stack the box here comes a run uh what they hate more than third and then second and ten is third and ten so it goes from second and ten to second to third and eight almost every time yeah um so, yeah, James, that was a good one. Um, but, yeah, no, keeping it up with here. DWI, guys. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I, I interrupted in a conversation here, so I didn't get that one. Well, morning but, to uh, you, good DWI. Morning, Ethan. And I, I said Russell Wilson and Pookie for the graphic. I did. Now yeah. I feel bad. I don't want to yeah. ask again. I did also. But, um, yeah, well, you don't, we don't make the shots. We're just here to dance, monkey dance. That's that's us in the mornings. <laughs> it's like, oh, you want me to wake up at 6.30 a.m. to talk football? Okay. Here's clink your cup. Um, Todd in here. Got to give 
Love, love waking up to Mile High. Love you, Todd. Good morning yeah, to you. That, thanks for the stars. Appreciate yep. you, sir. Again, that that feels like a newer name. Yeah, so it does. Welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Glad you're here with us this morning, along with a uh, little 300 and counting of yeah. Broncos country, and probably some folks might be a couple 49ers fans watching today. Yep. Uh, I know we've had some. Uh, we used to have Packers fans creeping, and not so much anymore. Now we get yeah. some Seahawks fans kind of coming in now and then. Yeah. But um, but welcome. So it's uh it's uh it's it's growing. We're up to 326 since I said that. So everybody welcome in and hit that uh that button, what Dylan just said. As you're yeah, coming guys. in, hit that like button and share. And yeah, if we you got... haven't hit subscribe, oh you get the alerts, you don't miss us. We got 330 people in here on the uh both sides of things. Make sure you guys are hitting the thumbs up and everything on the way and does us a lot of help. Also make sure you're following uh Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. And uh, a lot of content, a lot of uh, fun memes on this end, and a lot more of an intelligent conversation on Scott's end. Um, I'm just here to have fun. What, what am I talking about? <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's keep it going here. DJ Jones, I'm curious, Scott. So the Broncos are running a 3-4 base defense, but by everything I'm hearing, this is a team that on- not only wants to live in nickel, they want to live in dime. They want to live with six defensive backs on the field as often as possible. So to me, that says like, yes, DJ Jones is going to play some nose. You're going to see that sometime, but none of these teams in the AFC West right now are built to be bully ball, power football. There are teams that are spread it out right now. 11 personnel, shotgun, bombs away. Um, so now you have DJ Jones. What is his ideal role in this defense? Where, where are you playing him? Because some people are saying um, he's a Mike Purcell replacement, which I can see, but I think he's a Mike Purcell replacement in in base packages, which is the classic three, four, three defensive lineman, the nose tackle. Maybe he's a shaded nose where he's playing that one technique rather than the true zero, which is lined up over the center. Um, but I think you're going to see him. It's not just he's replacing Purcell there. He's also probably replacing Shelby Harris in sub package mm-hmm. in, in dime package as well. So while like we need a Shelby Harris replacement, he is of sorts. You, you don't have to have a one for one replacement. It's a right. new D it's a new team. It's a somewhat different scheme. And I'm really curious about these roles because again, this, as much as I, I, it's kind of been a bit for me, just having fun with it, saying like, you know, linebackers don't matter. Why would you spend premium resources on the linebacker position? You can find somebody off the street. You're going to be okay. It sounds like uh, Jiro Evero is really leaning into that, where it's like linebackers. <laughs> I was just kidding. Yeah, like I was <laughs> like, I mean, a linebacker. You know what? We're going seven DBs and four linemen. I mean, they last year, if they could have, they would have done uh, five zero six for the Rams without playing three, a single linebacker. Three, eight. We're going three eight. Yeah. Um, I mean. I don't want to just keep saying Falcons on this, but you watched enough Falcons. They both run three, four base defenses, and you've got a six foot, 305 pound, quick as a cat defensive lineman to use as a perfect comp. So he's going to be Grady Jarrett. That's what he's going to do. He can come inside, he can come outside. Now, his best position is four, three defensive tackle, is lining up slotted, not directly over the center where you're going to get. where you're going to get double teamed every time, but being able to beat those guys off the ball and split to get tackles for loss. But he's also strong enough to hold up a uh, a, uh, a double team. Mm-hmm. What this also means to me in some of the questions in here, um, and Chandler Jones today, Connery, we're hitting on that, and Travis was coming on this. Do you think we'll still address edge and tackle and free agency? Yes, I do. I mm-hmm. think at least one of, and I think both of them between free agency and the draft. I think you have to. I really yeah. do. Uh, And there's players out there that are available. So what this does in a 3-4 is it frees up. You know, we mentioned Shelby Harris. You know, he had kind of a down season. But, you know, he was expecting to play 
next to Vaughn or Chubb, uh, depending on, you know, where they lined up and switched around, but having two edge guys like that, and, and he didn't, and you could focus on Shelby a little more. So what this this tells me is you're not quite done. You've got a guy that can, can be versatile inside, and you're going to get an edge, and you're going to have multiple guys to deal with that we can team up. Now you've got to deal with both of these guys. Mm -hmm. um, and Shelby was on similar money, I would imagine. So this is, he may have even been on just a, a little bit more, but he he's versatile. That's that's the whole point. He yeah. can, you can draw you can you can play him anywhere across you know four or five spots. Uh, you know lined up from tackle to tackle, inside the tackle, all across those gaps, yeah. and and get something for him. And at ten million, that's that's not overly expensive for him. Yeah, I agree with you. And also something that people can keep in mind: uh, typically, when teams go from base to sub package with the three four look, the nose tackle is taken off the field. But last year with the Rams, specifically, as your Evero's defense, um, they would use uh, Ashawn Robinson. You guys maybe remember that name because he was a absolute unit for the Alabama for a while. A lot of people thought he was going to go very high, but not a good pass rusher, more of a classic, you know, three to five technique run stuffer. So what the Rams did in the base packages is they they would bring in a specialized five technique, the three, four defensive end, and then he would come off the field in sub packages. So you could see the Broncos still bringing in another uh, body on the defensive line, but more somebody more that is going to be taken off the field in sub packages, or maybe even a more specialized uh, sub package rusher. Maybe somebody like a Clayus Campbell who really offers a lot of versatility up front. Maybe he take a slight discount to come home to Denver uh, on the back end of his career and a chance to chase a ring with Denver. So we'll see. Um, but there's still a need there, no doubt. Right tackle also edge rusher. They need. I mean, they still haven't. As much as I slander him, I'm absolutely shocked that they still haven't tendered. Malik Reed, given what the market is for edge rushers. I mean, that I guess they probably feel closer to what I feel like about Reed than I even thought. Um, but <laughs> and, uh, and Nick, the numbers that we've been talking about early in free agency, you know, what should this guy get, except for Teddy Bridgewater, has been double. Yeah, it's been double for the guys we've heard. Foya Luakon, linebacker, seven to eight, 15. Jags, man. The Jags, the Jags. Well, and, then, and then it was, it was both because yeah. I was going to go Christian Kirk then too. Yeah. Christian Kirk. 8 to 10, 10 to 12, 20. God, this is you know, crazy. 21. So, again, oh, you get impatient. These other people are making moves. But, man, being hit, doing something like that, and then, you know, just in a year or two, it hurts. It yeah. hurts you. It, it hurts your flexibility to go out and make moves, to go out and make in-season moves. Mm -hmm. And good morning, Michael. Appreciate you being here. And Chad coming in with some stars again. Because uh, I, I really like this this question. He says, good morning, fellas. I was wondering, do we have enough cap left to sign, say, a Lael Collins, right tackle, if cut, or a Chandler Jones? Or are we down to maybe one more free agent signing? Thanks and love the show. Um, a big money guy, you know, you got one more. But, you know, you, you can do this multiple ways. You can you can spread it out. You can also restructure guys. Yep. You know, you can, you can, the cap is flexible. So what you see now, you know, there, there's people making signings that are $30 million over the cap. You know, mm -hmm. Green Bay Packers throw a franchise tag on Devontae Adams. They're like $50 million in the hole. They mm -hmm. got to figure all that stuff out. So you guys are playing with house money. No, you know, no hyperbole there, but you're so much farther ahead than everybody else, and everybody else is still making signings. Yep. So you can do, you could bring in two of those guys, I believe, if you really, really wanted to. I think you, I think you still could. Yeah, and the Broncos specifically, they can create a lot of cap room still, uh, converting a lot of the 
base salaries to signing bonuses and the contracts to look out for here that you could see converted to signing bonus are Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Justin Simmons. That can create like almost 40 to 50 million more in cap space if you need to do that. So there was a question last night and I think that um, Zach and, and Chad kind of missed on it. I put it in the, it was at the very end, just talking about, we might have to be prudent. I think it was Amy Bright maybe on YouTube. She said, we might have to be prudent because we don't have a lot of cash. And they mm. took that to mean as available cap space. I take that to mean one of one of you guys ever heard me say that ownership matters when you need signing bonuses, yep. when you need to buy out the contract of a coach that you want to fire. That's when it matters. Hey, I want to get Chandler Jones, but we're, we're going to need $40 million in upfront money to do it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get Chandler Jones, but I got to be able to convert uh, Jerry Judy's next contract into, you know, whatever. I've got to be able to pay this out. Yeah, totally. That's when the ownership matters. Mm-hmm. And with you know a pending sale and that type of thing, they might be trying to hoard their cash for something like that, and that's where that's where it does matter. And and I thought that was a very good point from from Amy last night. Yeah, I do think that with the impending sale, I mean, if I was a bank, I again finance guy over here, not so much. Talk about the national debt economy. Uh, there's other people for that. I'm more of the talent evaluation uh, <laughs> draft guy, um, and trying to be more scheme um, also, but. Uh, when it comes to the Broncos cap space, I don't think if I was a bank and you're like, listen, we don't really have the cap avail- the cash available right now, but we're about to sell the team for incredible money. And we just got Russell Wilson. So those luxury boxes are going to be amazing. And we added, you know, five, 10% on the sale by bringing in Russell Wilson. Dollar bridge loan. The, the money, the money's coming. <laughs> you just have to sit here and th- this next guy will even like, this is part of the sale. Oh, okay. Here's the money. I'll throw it at it. And it's going to be solved. So um, I do think the Broncos themselves are actually compared to a lot of teams cash poor. I mean, that, and we're talking about teams that are really, really rich, but that is a short-term problem with the new ownership situation coming in because the Broncos have to go to the highest bidder um, within reason. They, all the owners have to approve the ownership sale. So like not anybody can just come in and buy the team, but uh, still it's going to be going to be a different situation here. in you know, just half a year, Jay Roper coming in, you Nick and Albright both stated Vaughn's president in the locker room, not wanted. And why is that? Is Vaughn a bad guy? Um, and then Jay also says, why has the locker room moved on from him? Cortland said he would love to have him back. I don't think it's the locker room themselves that have moved on from him. And I'm just speculating. Vaughn is a scheme fit. He's still one of the best pass rushers on the market. He's said that he wants to come to Denver. Maybe that's a PR game by him. Would be smart if it was. Um, but to me, I'm I'm trying to connect dots. So why, why would this make sense? And the Broncos are being connected to every edge rusher besides Vaughn Miller. Why is that? And the only thing that makes any sort of sense in my brain is that George Payton and the Broncos organization want a different direction of leadership in their locker room. I think when Von Miller was traded, the likes of Bradley Chubb and Justin Simmons were empowered. And now also you have Russell Wilson coming in. This is Russell Wilson's team. Make no mistake about it. Um, So if you bring back Von, is there backsliding um, to what the previous roles and norms were? Uh, Do you lose some of that leadership and direction for guys who will just take a backseat to Von because Von's been there? Von is Mr. Bronco. Again, this is just me speculating. I'm not hearing, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything here. I'm just trying to make sense because there's a need, there's familiarity. The Broncos have the cap space. I mean, it, it, it all lines up, but there seems to be a disconnection. So I I, I don't know. I'm speculating. Um, yeah, and publicly you know, it doesn't do any good to 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 talk like we don't want him. You know, yeah. no, Vaughn was great. We love Vaughn. Love that Vaughn back. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah. And if you've been in a, in a, corporate team environment like that when someone moves up and moves on there's that is a leader there's a vacuum and people yep. step into those places and they want to step up into the leadership role someone's as soon as you lose somebody like that people you know people underneath there they're they're chumming 
Like, we're, we, I want that spot. And when they get it, they don't necessarily want it to go by. Now, Vaughn might be, you know, humble enough to say, listen, that's fine. I want to come in. I want to do a job. You know, I'll help where I can. Uh, that's what happens to older guys <laughs> at times if they can keep their egos in check. And I think Vaughn probably could. And again, it's us speculating. But that would be the main reason is it's like, listen, we, we played under Vaughn. We had Vaughn. It's, just, it's, it's, it's our turn. It's our turn now, and we want to roll this way. And if someone else wants to come in, they can be new. They won't come in with the the aura of uh, of of a Von Miller. Um, you know, I mean, going back to soccer, you know, Christian Cristiano Ronaldo goes into Manchester United. How does that affect all of the young players that are stepping up into leadership roles? It's a, it's the same type of same type of environment there. Yeah. And again, this is just purely trying to connect dots here because on the surface, it doesn't make any sense that the Broncos would not be interested in bringing Vaughn back. Maybe they are. I mean, God, George Payton keeps like, hey, look over here. And while he's doing magic tricks yeah, with his DJ Jones, hand. remember how much we talked about DJ Jones being the next Denver Bronco? Yeah, me neither. One of the uh, hundreds of defensive tackles. Yes, the market for defensive tackles yesterday, too. My goodness. Uh, can you believe I'm that? I'm, I'm, Nick, I keep telling you. You keep uh, undervaluing these guys in the draft, and then you end up paying through the nose in free agency. Yeah, tell me Travis Jones is going in the 60s. Take him no, in the first not. and get him for five years. He's going to go 20 to 40 range for sure. Um, insane. I mean, not as insane as a, the one I keep telling you is uh, while there's wide receivers in the draft every year, they still get freaking paid. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, and, the, you look at the – and there's depth of payment there. But, again, yeah. there's there's – you know, you're, you're throwing 40 to 50 times a game. You need three or four wide receivers on a team. Time certain. You need 100 wide receivers in the league. Yep, and you need 100 cornerbacks too. And that's uh getting here to Jamie Renton. How do you guys feel about a Jeff Gladney fit scheme wise? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I know that Jeff Gladney was released after some pretty egregious charges um, that he had, but I don't know the specifics of it. Um, I know that I think they were dismissed, uh, but still. Um, a lot of NFL teams, their talent evaluation, especially in the college side, but also on the pro side, is as much private investigator firm finding out the background information and character and talking with people that are connected to these players as it is actually watching the film and seeing who fits and whatnot. Um, man, like I've heard stories of guys talking to people's, um, you know, high or middle school principals because there was a fight they had one time. It's crazy. The, but you're talking about multi-million dollar investment. You're talking about, I'm going to dump $85 million yeah. into Christian Kirk and I can spend $1 million to have a legal firm and private investigators on retainer yep. to make sure I'm protecting all of my investment of a billion dollar business. Yeah, yep. absolutely. You're doing that kind of due diligence. Yep. So uh, glad and, and they've got you... a much lower bar than a legal system. It's like, yeah, you know, he wasn't charged, but this guy's a POS. Yeah. Uh, stay away from him. Yep. And I'm not talking about Gladney. I'm just talking about yeah. in, in general. That's what their job is. Yeah, exactly. And they just want to make, I mean, it's, it's all about as terrible as it is, you know, the public relations side of things is part of it. And the, uh, the other one is, you know, just the, the risk, um, the risk is big. So we got C Patrick Havner coming in here. Thank you so much, C Patrick. Um, and also Grant Hamilton. Good morning. I feel like the time changes legal tampering with my sleep. Absolutely. love the Willem Dafoe picture. I, I feel like I've just embraced my inner Willem Dafoe for 2022. Yeah, we, we, we adjust the fall back in about six hours and it takes six months for us to get used to, uh, to spring forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Jeff Gladney, I do think he's a scheme fit. Um, the Broncos will have to do their due diligence on his background. George Payton should know him pretty well if there was any risk with him prior. Cause he was drafted by the Vikings out of TCU. I liked him coming out of TCU pretty, uh, Honestly, good uh, inside outside player. I think he is actually a really good scheme fit. Um, but uh, 
again, the background stuff I know is, um, what was it? It was his, uh, felony assault charge was found not guilty, but again, that's <laughs> who knows. Um, as far as not guilty, innocent, risk, uh, perception, PR. I mean, there's other options as well. And I guess we can get into that here in a second, but uh, Mark Schrader coming in with the support. Think, uh, Billy Turner offensive tackle from the Packers is a good ad. Which edge do you think is the best fit? Um, I would be fine bringing Billy Turner in for decently cheap. He's versatile. Um, he's one that lets you patch the hole for a year and also give you some flexibility along the offensive line as well. If you, uh, let's say you draft Abraham Lucas at 64 and he's like, Oh my God, this dude's incredible. Day one. Um, he should be starting. Billy Turner is a great swing tackle then and a great uh, swing guard. Um, any, every position, but center, maybe not left tackle, but uh, left guard, right guard, right tackle. And my guy, Chuck Sakura for got signed, re-signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. And there was some, it was about three years, 30 million. You know, he got a, a five X raise uh, coming off the season he had. That's probably about right. Yep. And you know, there was some ha ha, you know, mediocre player. I'm like, yeah, he might've been mediocre, a mediocre 24 year old right tackle, you know, yep. on the ascendancy. I'm willing to invest in that, and so are the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah. I was wondering, and that may have been in the cards for a long time because there wasn't nearly enough chatter about that kid for yeah. uh, for the season that he had last year and his age. And again, that that check mark headed him in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Smack my head. Sorry, somebody just said that on Twitter. So making me laugh. Wyatt Horning in here. Good morning, gents. Michael Chap is in the house. Morning. Who are we getting today? Um, yeah, let's uh, let's lean this. I'll let uh, Scott look at the chat here. Find the next comment here. Who are we getting today? My understanding is the Broncos are making a a play for both Chandler Jones, Jacob Foster coming out of the stars again. Thank you so much, Jacob. Man, just helping us out here, keeping us going, feeding the machine, feeding the content machine. Um, Bronco, go ahead. And here's Lawrence. And Lawrence Lawrence is our resident yeah, but guy when it comes to, and that's fine because he's respectful about it and brings up good points. I am too. When it comes to uh, to George Payton and uh, and the Denver Broncos, and he says uh, I think they need to get the bids higher for Broncos as they also departed Elway, who had the lawsuit. Um, I think in this we're talking about ownership. Yeah. Um, get the bids higher for the Broncos. Um, mm-hmm. They're for sale, so. You know, hopefully it'd be nice if this is done by by uh the beginning of next season but again I, like i said i think amy bright had a good point last night saying it you know they might be holding on to some of their cash for some of these big bonuses yeah. and again i don't yeah there's some guys making noise but you know foya luacon led the league in tackles last year i didn't want him back at 15 million you know mm-hmm. for you know great guy six round pick yale graduate leader love him not at 15 million yeah. uh there's other things that need to do with that money christian kirk Fourth year in the league, nice. Uh, I think three or four touchdowns, 980 yards is a career high in his fourth year. 5'10", 5'9", smaller guy, uh, $84 million. You know, meanwhile, Devontae Adams is just sitting there smacking his head. Yeah. SMH, <laughs> playing on a, on a one-year deal. And, and again, us regular people, that money goes far beyond, you know, $20 million, what are you complaining about? But when you're in that world and that you're surrounded by that world, one, you can go through that money in a hurry. Patrick Ewing's yeah. famous statement. Yeah. We make a lot of money. We spend a lot of money. Um, but you know, you also are, it's a, it's a pride thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've averaged 1400 yards and you know, I can't get a deal. And this guy just got $85 million. You know, it's a, it's a measuring stick to a certain extent. And uh, that's what it becomes. So it's, it's not necessarily about the money, but what the money says. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you hundred percent there. We got Cameron Pettaway coming in here saying, will there be a quality right tackle late in the second round? Um, there might be a quality right tackle late in the second round. However, you need to go, you need to leave free agency where you feel comfortable, where that isn't the only play. Um, just as kind of a story here, I won't give all the details of this draft pick, but in the 2017 draft, the Broncos went into the second round saying, we have to come out of this pick with this pick with an interior defensive lineman, no matter what. And they end up taking big time bust, I guess as much as a bust as a second round pick can be, but uh, Demarcus Walker, who didn't do diddly squat for the Broncos. Uh, when you go into the draft it, and you say, I must take position Two X. Florida State guy. Yes. One Marcus ACC Walker, defensive player of the year. But even guy. Yeah. Yep. That, there's your problem right there. Go get DJ Jones from Ole Miss who will bite your hand off before you let them get by you opposed to the five-star Florida State guy that underachieved in college. Hell, he would did not underachieve. He was ACC defensive player of the year. He had a lot of stats, um, okay. but he, he was a uh, – a tweener, you know, not explosive mm-hmm. enough or bending enough to play the edge could not hold up against a double team to save his life. Um, just probably to, playing with five guys that are pretty good next to him. Yep. Um, but he's yeah, cleared. I, um, but yeah. anyway, the, the point here is it's, it's always a bad strategy to go into the draft, especially picking at pick 64. If you have like the first pick, then obviously you could say this position, no matter what, or even the top five, you know, you can kind of, if there's like this year, if let's say the, um, Houston, we need to go edge. You're going to have a good edge there at three. I would almost guarantee it. Um, but at pick 64, if you sit there and say, I have to come away with the right tackle at pick 64, you're limiting your options. And it's already so hard to hit good players that far down the draft. So you need to, obviously you can stack your draft board where odds are the highest player you have graded. There is a tackle, but you cannot be, you know, looking through a pinhole at the draft board at pick 64. So you need to make sure you're comfortable with right tackle prior to the draft, um, or have somebody in your back pocket that you can sign after the draft. Um, rather than limiting yourself to purely right tackle there uh, in the second round. Will there be a quality right tackle there? I'm interested in Abraham Lucas, uh, Braxton Jones. First. Three. Uh, I was going to say 6'7", 3'30", with a 4'9". I just, how's he going to fall to 60? Come on. He, uh, he, you never know. I mean, Spencer Brown did last year. He fell to almost yeah. 100. Yep. You know, so Absolutely. they can be had for sure. But again, one, um, you don't want to panic in free agency though either, Nick. You know, yep. you don't want to sign overpay for a guy and, and hamstring your options also. So again, be patient. The, 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 the phrase that y'all have heard me say before, I'll say again, it's, it's not the guys you miss. It's the guys you get that can't play. Yeah. 100%. So be patient. You know, maybe you have to make a trade later on, but there will be cap casualties after free agency. There will be cuts. There will be all kinds of things that it's better to be a little patient and maybe settle late than settle early. Uh, yep, you're absolutely right on that one. Um, Tyler coming in saying, uh, as things stand today, what do you think about our back end will look like playing nickel or dime? Where do we need to upgrade before the season? This is the thing, too, that people are not understanding. Um, <clears throat> I think it was Benjamin Albright. He said it multiple times, and I heard, I've heard it from some other people as well. Broncos want to live in dime. They want to play six defensive backs as often as possible. So all you people screaming about linebacker, maybe pivot your screams or yeah, change your one. screams. Yeah, one. <laughs> um, maybe, I mean... And honest he might to be God, a big safety. Yeah, honest to God, they would be. It's from what my understanding is right now, they would be okay going into next season with Baron Browning and Jonas Griffith and not making another move at the linebacker spot. So get used to that. If Josie Jewell comes back, that's great. It sounds like he actually has a pretty good market though, because he's a decent linebacker, better than Kenny Young, despite what some people say on Twitter, which is learn ball, folks. Um, sorry to get, <laughs> get on that high horse, but man. Um, but um, the Broncos, they're gonna want to live in six defensive back uh formations. And right now, I would say there are only 
four guys that I'm comfortable with in those six defensive back spots. So Broncos need to be looking at another defensive back, um, maybe another safety and definitely another cornerback. And the name to keep an eye on today, everybody's talking uh, Chandler Jones, but it sounds like the Broncos are very interested in uh, Darius Williams as well, played for the Rams. I know the Chargers are going at him as well. I'm curious if uh, what happens there because the Broncos lost out on uh, Sheldon Joseph Day to the Chargers. Will they also lose out on Darius Williams? Even though the Chargers already signed a cornerback, will they do it again? Um, who knows? But uh, keep an eye on Darius Williams to Denver. Uh, can play slot, can play some outside. Uh, very competitive at the catch point and a, a good, good scheme fit and some familiarity with his former defensive back coach, uh, Giro Evero. Uh, Chad coming in. I'd be happy getting into the draft. If we're able to sign a right tackle and an edge rusher. What do you need the draft for then? No, I'm, I'm just joking. Yep. Uh, I hope we can get another decent signing before free agency ends. Can't wait for this football season now. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun. And you're not done. I mean, you're not, even if you were done. And, and I think Chad finished, started it last night. He's like, well, we started with a finale. You know, we started with a Russell Wilson. I see that all the time in recruiting. People say, oh, we got a five-star. Who's next? Oh, yeah. It's like, well, if you had finished with the guys you started with, you'd be going, you'd be thrilled. You know, instead, you, you started with your finale, kind of like, you know, American Beauty, when, you know, it starts with the, the finale and then works its way back. Uh, so, you know, reverse your timeline and say, okay, we got DJ Jones and Russell Wilson. Yeah, okay, but you're not done. You're not done. You got money to spend, and the draft is still coming, for God's sakes. You got money, the draft, and a hot team. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun month. Fun couple yep. of months for sure. Travis says, do you think we'll still draft a QB this year? My answer to this is yes or a veteran minimum. Yep. You're not spending any money on the on the, on the quarterback. So you either get a, a, a cheap draft pick, you know, fourth round or later, fifth round or later, or a, a veteran minimum type, you know, no more than two million or so. That's yep, what I think, Nick. What about you? I think fourth round or later, um, you can probably, you can take the top six guys off the board there. Um, so Caleb Ellaby is a name to keep an eye on. Um, there's also a Geronimo, Geronimo from, uh, used to play Tennessee. He's got some arm talent, maybe somebody there like talking seventh round for that kind of body as well. And then the quarterback from Brown who looked decent at the combine, um, has some tools as well. Maybe he's one to keep an eye on. Um, Mark Schrader coming in. Zay Jones contract was insane. In my opinion. Yeah, it was insane. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. I mean, Gosh, there's a, there's a Perry, reason your guy from Brown, EJ Perry. That's correct. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah, insane. You know what makes you know who wins yesterday? Also, not making a move is uh, George Payton because of the deals that Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton got when Christian Kirk and Zay Jones got those on the open market. I mean, you know that Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are looking at each other like, man, did we make a mistake? I mean, we got Russell Wilson now, which is great, but like we could have gotten paid on we'll the see. open market. See, this is why I, I don't listen to to sports radio because I want to interject. It's you know, so I'm I'm when I'm producing these shows, I'm back in there in the background just typing away, you know, saying, yeah. "Why are we paying these guys? We're not going to get a quarterback." I'm like, one, you didn't pay them that much. You really didn't. Um, you know, who would you rather have, Christian Kirk or Tim Patrick, Zay Jones or Cortland Sutton? You know, and, and that's again, that's what makes this team so attractive for. Yeah. Not only Russell Wilson, but Nathaniel Hackett, you know, and to be able to go in, you know, we kind of assumed like it, it feels a little arrogant here that when we're talking about the coaching search that we, everybody just kind of feels like Denver Broncos have first pick. Well, they did. They did. They got, they, they identified the guy they wanted. Meanwhile, the Jacksonville Jaguars are getting turned down before they even get interviews. So they have to pay, overpay, overpay, overpay. You know, meanwhile, you're getting guys to sign hometown discounts and uh, and, and build a team and and come to uh, come to the Broncos 
from from other teams. So gonna be a fun spring, that's for sure. It should be a fun spring. Uh gosh, so much speculation what the Broncos are gonna do there at that position, but uh, we'll see. We got a super coming in here from uh Jess C coming in here. Jess C 13. A possible right tackle that will start day one with our second round pick. We already mentioned Abraham Lucas. He's one that might be down there. I don't think Bernard Raymond's going to fall that far, but with his 33-inch arm length, maybe he does. I'm a little bit raw, a little bit older for the position. Solid athlete, not an incredible athlete, so maybe he falls down there. Uh, a couple other names here that uh, stick out in my head are uh, Nicholas petit Frier from Ohio State, who is a good mover. He's I think he's a little bit high cut and I don't think he has a great anchor, which concerns me a bit, especially going up against in a division that has uh, Joey Bosa and the uh, gosh, Khalil Mack again, um, who are just, you know, leverage balls of energy that uh, will kill you if you don't have an anchor. Um, and then also uh, I mentioned Braxton Jones. I think he's probably more of a top of round four kind of guy. Uh, there's gonna go. uh, Rashid uh, Walker, Abraham Lucas, maybe Braxton Jones. Yeah. Rashid Walker is the other one. Um, really good athlete from Penn state. Uh, that said, um, he's much more of a ball of traits right now rather than a uh, a day one starter at the right tackle position. He's got technique work that he's got to do, and skill is as important at the offensive tackle spot as anything. Um, you can be a great athlete, but if you don't know how to use your hands and play leverage, then uh, good luck. Um, so he's you one that's Tyler Smith of Tulsa. I think he's a guard. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a tackle, especially in the uh, outside wide zone scheme. Um, but He's, and how he's about interesting. the big boy? Uh, Dan, same thing, Daniel Floyle. I'm also worried about him playing at uh, elevation, um, mm-hmm. considering he's already kind of a yeah, Floyle, 400 pounds, six foot eight. But you know, I think it was 15 years ago. I heard one of the Dallas Cowboys say, "I'm not the first guy to play in this league at 400 pounds. I'm just the first one to admit it." Yeah. They're getting bigger. They're yep. getting bigger. We'll have 400 pounder in 10 years. We'll be talking about 400 pounds being the new 300 pounds. Yep. Um, but he can. He could. He could start. He could play, yep. uh, file LA, but um, I, I he might be there. He might be there at sixty four, maybe. Yeah, I think it'll nope. be pretty close for him. But yeah, there there will be again. Just because it was stupid doesn't mean it doesn't true. But Spencer Brown was taken around 90, 90 to one hundred somewhere in, mm-hmm. somewhere in the pick by Buffalo Bills at the end of the third. Yep, he was a could have been a day one starter. Yep, absolutely. And he's going to make Trevor Penning a lot more money for it too coming from yeah. the same school like man we really missed on this guy yeah so i missed on this one i, I think trevor penning is going to get drafted a little higher than he should based on the success that spencer brown had yeah yep absolutely i also think his technique is a little bit better than spencer brown's was coming out but um that's you also have the unknown of you and i not playing a season in 2020 mm-hmm. so uh, that makes things tough as well we got nathan coming in good support nathan always rocking the uh the handsome lip sweater there, uh, looking sna- snazzy. Uh, good morning, MHH family. What's the most surprising contract you've seen so far? Also, we got Lawrence Rivera coming in. Much love, guys. What is uh, the most? That's a good question. Uh, most surprising for me is Christian Kirk. I mean, the fact that he got, what, 17, 18 per for not a lot of output for a very pass-heavy wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, heavy offense with the Cardinals. I mean, that one is a little eye-popping for me. Also, um, another one that's surprising for me, and this is in the, the wrong way, but uh, – I'm surprised that, um, oh my goodness, JC Jackson only got 16.5 million per. Now, part of this is because the way the contract is set up, um, the Chargers, because everyone, this is the other one, rookie cost-controlled salary cap. They have a top five quarterback only counting 7 million against the cap. Um, and Justin Herbert, uh, the Chargers were able to front load um, JC Jackson's contract. So while he has less per year, he's getting paid a lot immediately. So that's um, 
that changes a little bit, but still, I mean, there was talk of the Dolphins and the Raiders going after J.C. Jackson and paying him 18 to 20 per year, which is, I mean, for a cornerback, I mean, cornerbacks are going to get paid, especially good boundary cornerbacks, but still, that's a wow. Um, and then he only gets 16.5, especially the Chargers. That one surprised me a little bit. I was hoping that he would get a little bit more money. I guess <clears throat> you think the NFL's leading tackler should be worth about 15 million a year. Um similar to Bobby Wagner money, and he's 26 years old. But Foye going from 2 to 15, Foye Luakon, uh going to the Jaguars at, on a three-year $45 million deal. That was, that was good good for him. Good yeah. for him. I thought he might go to the 7 or 8 range, but he certainly had a season. That's for sure. Um, Travis coming back. And Miles Jack was just released. Miles Jack is one of the best high school football players I ever saw. Just yeah. phenomenal. Uh, played running back, too. It was a question on which side of the ball he was going to play on. So he was just released. Good. Thanks for the chat for keeping us updated. Travis coming in saying, I'm thinking Carson Strong in the third round to learn from Russell Wilson. Not anymore. Uh, I don't I don't think you want to use that high a pick on a guy that you have no intention of playing, especially no intention of playing that you're hoping doesn't play for like ever, you know, seven, eight years that I I wouldn't go there. I'd, I'd, I'd rather take a sixth or seventh round pick on somebody else uh, before before Russell Wilson. I would have said Carson Strong, but that was because I probably wanted him to start next year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you're getting Russell Wilson. If this was Aaron Rodgers, maybe, maybe. But uh, Russell Wilson, you're hoping to have six, seven years, and, you know, you're, you won't be able to control Carson Strong for that long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Carson Strong sounds like he did a little bit better at the Combine than he did at the Senior Bowl. Kind of rubbed some people the wrong way at the Senior Bowl. Um, in his interviews, this is hearsay. That's all we can go off of this time of year, this kind of thing. So take it as you will. Um, but um, I don't think the Broncos are going to be drafting him. Also, I don't think I think what he does schematically is going to be so different from Russell Wilson um, that you probably want somebody with a little bit more twitch to their step where you can run a similar style offense uh, as possible. I think Caleb Ellaby makes sense. I mean, six foot and a half, uh, a little thicker, not the same. Maybe actually the similar athlete now that Russell Wilson's 33, but um, that one makes a lot more sense. I think we can uh, put to bed Carson Strong to Denver. Wyatt Horning coming in. Go Hawks, Wyatt. Uh, don't forget, we still have a lot of capital in the draft, so a trade-up is still possible if the beginning of the second round has a lot of needed talent. Absolutely. If somebody the Broncos love at edge or offensive tackle, those are the two positions to keep in mind. Maybe the dark horse here is safety because there are, I think, three safeties who could fall to pick 40 range that uh, are extremely interesting and would be uh, dynamic for the Broncos, especially if they want to play that heavy um, six defensive back defense. Um, but um, yeah, the Broncos could trade up. I think that it's probably more prudent for them to hold their picks or trade back and accumulate 2023 capital to help to offset losing one and two next year, because you don't have the excess picks in 2023, like you do this year for trading bond and all the wheelings and dealings. Um, but we'll see. I mean, there's, there's going to be some players who fall that the Broncos may look to, uh, go up and get maybe somebody they have graded as an early two or maybe even a late one that falls to pick 45. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like that guy shouldn't be there. We're going to go get him. I know we want more picks, but it's more about getting good players. Clee coming in saying Garrett Holt bowls is the second highest paid left tackle in all of the NFL next season. He is now because Jake Matthews restructured his contract. And I've said, again, there's just, maybe there's this many similarities between teams, but Nick and I doing Broncos and Falcons together uh, at times. There just seemed to be, Lots of connections here because Jake Matthews and Garrett Bowles to me were very similar players. And Jake Matthews just got an extension that dropped him from 24 million to about 15, which to me is about right on his cap hit. That's that's okay. I'm not going to give you crap anymore for not being better than you are. It's not your fault uh, that you're not any better 
but you were overpaid and that is hamstringing the Atlanta Falcons. So Garrett Bowles is now the second highest paid as far as cap hit in the, in the uh, NFL. That's yeah. he's not good enough. He's not earning that. Um, he's not the second. I don't even think he's top five. Um, so would it be nice to get a restructure there or extension and lower that cap hit or better yet play like the second best left tackle in the NFL. So uh, good, uh, good, good shout out there, Clee. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, top tackles right now. And from what I'm seeing, uh, Garrett Bowles isn't all the way up there. This is for 2022. Trent Williams. I, I, I sort mine by cap hits. I'm looking at the average per year. Yeah, um, I so, sort mine by cap hits because that's the money that counts right now. Yeah, this I think this the average is per year hits. I don't necessarily look at because so many voidable years and all that crap. Mm-hmm. I always look at what is he counting against the team right now, and he's number two. Okay, well, Trent Williams, David Bakhtiari, Laramie Tunsil, Ronnie Stanley, Ryan Ramchek have average APY. Um, you're right, because the Broncos had um, – they backloaded that deal. Um, so the, he was cheaper last year to be more expensive this year. You say he's number two right now. Let's just wait, you know. Let's give it Again, we were days. talking about do they have more money. There you go. Yeah. You, look- do you want to keep Garrett Bowles? Probably. Yeah. Probably. So we could work something out and get an extension and lower his cap hit by eight to 10 million. Yep. So and let's give it two weeks um, because Toronto Armstead is about to get paid. And uh, then Garrett Bowles will be the number three highest paid, I would assume, because um, Armstead is going to get a big contract. Yep. Chad coming back in saying, so what position our next biggest need before going into the draft? Right tackle, edge or inside linebacker? Um, uh, beforehand, <clears throat> before all this started, quarterback, edge, right tackle. One of those is down. Yeah. So I'm going to say edge, right tackle still. Edge is still your biggest need. It helps. You're going to help the edge rushers by getting Jones, by yep. getting DJ Jones. That helps the, that helps the edge. That helps the linebackers. Uh, that yep. makes the linebackers better. That makes the edge better. But now you need you, you still need edge big time. Yeah. Um, linebacker isn't the need that everyone keeps saying it is. It's just not. No, they might I'd take one of the back before I'd go yep. linebacker. 100%. Yep. That's mm-hmm. uh, you might need two defensive backs. Um, it still, ta- so. and, and honestly, Chad, it would take me a long time uh, to get to linebacker. You know, I think guard, right tackle, guard, center, another tight end. Uh, I mean, a linebacker might be one of the, the least that you need. Yeah. Uh, and nice to have a backup guy. But if, again, as as Nick was saying, if I go into this season with uh, with Jonas Griffith and Baron Browning, and I might only have one on the field 60% of the time. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And the other thing is with the linebacker position, it's, it's an incredible uh, draft for the off-ball linebacker spot in the rounds two through four range. So you can sit there at pick 64, 75, 96, 114, 115. There's going to be somebody there that you really like. I mean, I guarantee that that's how this class is stacking up and linebackers, just how the position is right now. Um, those aren't going to be flying off the board in the first round. I mean, Nicobe Dean is plummeting. He might be there round two right now. Um, the way the uh, NFL talking heads are talking about him. Um, and then uh, Devin Lloyd tested. Okay. But not top 15 pick, not maybe even, you know, maybe he's going to be there around 20. So there's going to be linebackers to be had day two. Uh, do not, do not fret there. And also Jonas Griffith and Baron Brown, you're going to be okay there. Um, Kevin coming in. Hey, Scott, tell us Adam Anderson edge from Georgia. I heard he could have been a first rounder if he didn't have the off field issues. Thoughts. Um, he's what you pointing at me. Cause I need to answer it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about Adam Anderson. Um, really smaller twitchy edge rusher. Uh, was dismissed from Georgia's program for a rape case that's uh, undergoing current investigation. Um, he was more of the 
finesse, small, wide pass rusher for that Georgia defense. They kind of lost that type of edge rusher once they once he was gone. Didn't seem to matter that much, except maybe in that Alabama game where they lost the SEC, SEC championship game. Um, but uh, due process there for that one. Um, let's let it play out. I don't even know if he's in the draft with everything going on. I, I mean, wasn't drafted, the, wasn't brought to the combine interviews there. I, I'm guessing that until he uh, everything is solved for him, he's a UDFA. Um, kind of like uh, Alexander Johnson. So, and once, um, and and Ethan coming in saying Jack only making ten million. Surprised they couldn't trade him. Yeah, he's still twenty six years old. He came into the year into the league young. Um, that knee played fifteen, though. had one hundred and eight tackles last year. So I was like, was there an injury involved? No, he's pretty much been healthy most of his career. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get that one per se. I don't know if these sack numbers are right because you should, he should be a guy that you could line up at edge with his explosiveness. He only has six and a half in his career, so uh, getting out of Jacksonville could do him some good. Could yeah. do him some good. He's honest to God in this scheme for the Broncos. He's much more of a box safety, um, six defensive back kind of look where you're going to line him up over a slot sometimes and kind of follow some uh, detached tight ends or moving. Uh, running backs or even maybe some slot wide receivers than you are playing in the box. He's not the best in the world at filtering between the garbage and coming downhill. A lot of his tackles stats are because their defensive line is terrible and um, he chases and tackles and uh, accumulates. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, starts in baseball or something, you know, like somebody's going to get that stat, like no matter what, somebody's making the tackles. Um, and sometimes I, I don't think tackles are a, a very good stat at all for impact in today's NFL. Um, right. it's an and that surprised stat. me that he's only got six and a half because I think he was at UC, he ended up at UCLA, right? Yeah, he was at UCLA. Because I mean, again, he was a a bouncy, you know, twitchy guy with that just instinctive football player. You know, turn him loose, let him go after the quarterback. So, yep. you know, you walk him up to the line, even if he's a, a big safety type. You know, put him in an Eric Berry type role. He's bigger than Eric, but you know, he's he's versatile. So yeah, at ten million a year, you know, we'll see what he gets now. But uh, that surprises. 26 years old. That, that one surprises me. I, I, I'm, a, I'm with you on that one. He had a uh, degenerative knee though also. So like the physical. Okay. Stuff for Again, him how are the medicals concerning. look? Yeah. So, and uh, the Pookie banner fund. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm going to say, listen, I'm okay with it. And I hate to be a nag, but Ethan's insistent. And right mm -hmm. now, Ethan, what Ethan wants, Ethan's going to get. So get Pookie's ass on the banner right next to Ethan's name. When you got to send us a high risk picture so we can put your name on there. <laughs> there we go put you on the I, side like a like a uh, um photo bomb yeah uh and jeremy's coming with a good comment too so how do you feel about bortles on the vet minimum given his history with hackett that happens almost every single time yeah a new somebody comes in they bring in one of their old guys to help teach the system yeah so i think that would make a lot of sense if he's very familiar with him assuming that he has checked that ego that we were talking about and is comfortable being a backup and isn't stirring things up. I should be out here. And, you know, the, the back in my day, we were better, you know, can it get out. We, we don't want that. We need you to come in here and, and be a, a, a leader and help, uh, help get the new guys. Some of the new guys learn the system, not just the quarterback, the receivers, everybody that I think it, it might make a lot of sense. And you see it happen quite often. So that's a, that's a good shout too, Jeremy. I am really con curious, not concerned. That's the wrong word, but um, how much the Hackett quote Hackett offense is still the Bortles Hackett offense because he spent 
what three or four years under Matt LaFleur, which is a different concept um, conceptually than what he had with uh, the Doug Marone, Nathaniel Hackett offense in Jacksonville. So I don't know if it's, if it carries over as much. And then, uh, you know, thinking about terminology, the terminology might've changed also. So it was, a, it was an inside Love, doing yeah. anything. Jordan Love, uh, was it <laughs> Nick Boyle or something or Ken Boyle? They just got rid of the Packers. I mean, who knows? I, I, I think you're in the right area though, because it is a familiarity position, but a lot of these guys that they brought it, bring it in, aren't these former Jacksonville guys. It's the Packers system. It's the LaFleur system, the off branch of uh, McVay Shanahan tree. So we'll see. Um, we got Wyatt coming in. Nick, I'd be okay with our capital next season, getting more capital. That way you can use two picks on two Hawkeyes, uh, Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta make up for our losses this season and Phantom possibly jewel. Both of these guys are probably uh day two picks right now. Um, Jack Campbell maybe is, He's not a coverage backer, but I think that people, the game has changed a little bit again, where everybody's like, oh, I want speed and smaller because we're playing this cover one and cover three scheme um, or heavy emphasis on the back end. But now the game has changed a little bit where like these big hulking linebackers and run stopping defensive tackles are more valuable because it means you can allocate less bodies and you can play the packages on the back end that are more uh, conducive to stopping the pass. So like everybody's like, oh, why, why is the nose tackle as valuable right now? Are the, 260 pound linebacker it's because then i'm only allocating six guys to the box rather than seven and rather than having a smaller linebacker who can cover guess what i'm not going to have a linebacker and i'll just put a defensive back out there duh the doy that makes total sense um so uh, ethan coming back in uh gregory you're assigned with the cowboys talking about randy gregory it did sound like yesterday the broncos were um the broncos were interested in randy gregory a lot of smoke coming out i'm curious if that was a ooh. Chandler Jones is getting a little pricey. Maybe we want to go to Randy Gregory instead. Now that's off the table. Um, I would keep an eye on uh, the likes of, obviously, Chandler Jones is still number one, but also Zadarius Smith was released, and I'm really curious to see what his market is as well. Also keep an eye on uh, the market for Daniel Hunter um, from the Vikings. Those are two names to keep in mind. I'm a little bit bummed uh, that Demarcus Lawrence restructured his contract because I absolutely love Demarcus Lawrence, um, but uh, some names to keep an eye on. There's still, there's still a lot of... Uh, edges today i think the broncos with gregory off the table now ramp up their their efforts for chandler jones i haven't seen it talked a lot about here um but it seems like two teams that are good teams that are in it also possible destinations for chandler jones are the buffalo bills and the san francisco 49ers might be your biggest competition for chandler jones yep yeah absolutely and uh gregory getting 13 million per year that's actually a pretty good deal for gregory i know he hasn't had a uh great statistical season he's hasn't our statistical seasons but he's still i went back last night because the broncos are interested i'm like okay i'll watch a couple of uh, randy gregory games dude makes boneheaded plays sometimes it drives me nuts you know neutral zone infraction randy gregory uh offsides randy gregory personal foul randy gregory um but man dude has twitch um dude is slippery i i get why they wanted to keep him um he's an interesting guy so we'll see uh ej real quick coming in uh says, what thoughts on Jamin Clowney for the broncos um, Jadavion Clowney has been disappointing for me. I mean, we were talking about putting in a rating system for, for college football recruiting, you know, rate to 10.0, you know, what's a 10, then we'll move them down from there. And if you're above a 9.5, you're a five-star, etc. We use Jadavion Clowney as our 10 for, mm -hmm. for defensive ends. This is, this is the perfect prospect. Um, and that's, that's how good he was, uh, size, athleticism, flexibility, power, everything. And he ended up being a number one pick. I mean, the NFL guys thought he had it too. 
and it just what hasn't quite clicked. It seemed like he took his last year off at South Carolina to protect himself and never quite got it going again. Now he's made a plenty of money, um, but he signed a one-year, eight million dollar a year last year with the Browns, and it doesn't sound like you know are the Browns going to bring him back? No. Let me yeah. see his overall numbers because I know I mean he should be a fifteen to twenty sack guy. The thing with Clowney is that he's always been a really good uh, athlete, but um, the technique. Uh, never really matched the athleticism. God, he's been in the league eight years already. Yeah, came in really old. young. I really think Clowney would be an interesting player for the Broncos. With uh, especially if you again, I keep talking about it. If you're looking to play, um, your base defense is more about uh, stopping the run with as minimal guys possible. Clowney, say what you will about the pass rush, but he is a dominant uh, run edge. Um, he just kills tackles, jars them. If you want to run that uh, jet sweep. Uh, guess what? He's going to have that tackle backwards, you know, five we yards fake and, it in Denver. What was that? We only fake the jet sweep in Denver. Oh, right, Jerry. God. Um, well, the, the chiefs don't, um, but um, he's really good. They're also really like the versatility that he brings uh, my, my favorite ability of Clowney is when you get him isolated over a guard or over the a gap. Um, good luck. Cause he is an absolute unit uh, speed to power um, over those kind of guys. So, I would be interested in Clowney to Denver as long as the personality and the uh, work ethic and everything off the field check out for him. Obviously, I'm not going to pay him big money, but I like the ability of him to be a edge rusher in base packages and then on those money downs, the third downs, get creative with uh, how you're using him and lining him up. Yeah, just looking at his combine measurements back in the day, 6'5", 266, 4'5", 3", 30-inch vertical. In high school, Jadavian Clowney could do a standing backflip in full pads. Biggest guy good. on the field. He's just just a freak of nature. Yeah. Um, he had injuries early on too. That at eight million at edge, you could do worse. You know, if that's what it comes down to. Again, that's one of those be patient types. Mm-hmm. Don't overspend now. That'd be a decent bag. If you go through all of this and you pick up, uh, you know, Boye Mafe fall. You know, maybe you trade to pick two picks together and move up some and grab him at the top of the second round. And Jadavian Clowney, you're feeling pretty good about the edge position, and you mm-hmm. only spent. Seven eight million dollars to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, gold so guys, we're at the Randy Gregory deals a little bit more. Twenty eight million guaranteed, and um, top of the show, I think it was Juan Espinoza talking about the money. Five year, seventy million dollar deal. So what you're really looking at here is five years, twenty eight million. That's that's what he has got. Will he ever see that seventy million? No, no, he won't. You start looking, when does that cap hit and the dead cap start falling off? That's when he's either cut, traded, or restructured. Yeah. Makes total sense to me. Um, that's, uh, that's a good one. Also, we got we got to get out of here pretty soon, but keep the supers coming. We'll keep going. We'll keep dancing as long as the people are throwing throwing stuff at us. Um, Gabe coming in. Jones had 5.5 sacks after his five-sack game early on. He's on the wrong side of the age for edge rushers. Um, that's true, but I from the tape that I saw, he's still extremely dynamic. Um, the, the stats say that he was still getting pressures at a pretty high clip, despite the five sack game and pressures and QB hurries are much more predictive, uh, than that of sacks. Um, sacks is you guys know, following Von Miller for a number of years, sacks are pretty volatile. They come in bunches when they do happen. Um, but, uh, he, he was very good for them last year. Still. Um, he's really, he's got a lot of length as well and some size. I mean, six, five, two sixty five. I think 34 inch arm length, which matters a heck of a lot. And, uh, his um, his play dropped more so correlated to the uh, I think JJ Watt going down and him accumulating much more attention from opposing 
offensive lines and whatnot, you know, sliding over because uh, you need to play an inside outside game or a, a, a one and two game on the defense on the defensive line with pass rushers. If you can, there's a reason that the Rams went out there and got uh, Von Miller uh, to go with Aaron Donald. It's because, you know, if you double one guy, guess what? This other guy's free. Um, so it's, I think that's really important and impactful. And I think Jones is still a really good player um, despite the, the five sack game and kind of falling off statistically after that. Well, and you know what else he did in the last seven games was force four fumbles. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's getting it done in multiple ways. How would a, a turnover every other game sound from your edge? I'll take it. I'll take it. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. So, uh, anything else coming in here, Scott? Or well, should we uh... fairly well caught up about time to get us out of here and get to work for the day. Yeah, absolutely. We got some stupid trolls coming in here. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, I got to get going. I got work to do as well. Um, so we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for coming in today. Make sure you're following Scott and I. Scott is at Twitter, at Scout Kennedy, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, we got uh, Samaki, Samaki Hill coming in. Yep, Samaki. Yep, I... so do we get Miles Jack now that they released him? Again, um, he's not that expensive. He's pretty young. The knee condition that Nick mentioned is, is a little scary. Um, but where, where is the fit for him right now? You know, can he be an edge? I don't, I don't think he's good enough to be an edge here. I mean, he'd be a pass rush specialist. He wouldn't be an edge. Um, maybe that's his place. If he's got a knee, if you're worried about his knee, um, coming in and and doing that type of thing. I know that sounds stupid. Scott, he's only got like six sacks in his career. I know, but he's got the athleticism to go out and be a pass rush specialist, to be a specialist of sorts. And he's got injury problems limiting his options might be a good thing. Um, but I would say no, I would say overall, I would say no, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it does. Oh, we got, is Ethan coming back in here? Yeah. Is there, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, Nick Kendall here fund. Oh my God. They're supposed to come today. I actually have to call them, um, here in a little bit to make sure that they are coming. Um, I have the space heater going right now, which is fine in here. It's, uh, I've been sleeping with the dog on the couch cause we have a fireplace and the dog gets up every two hours to shift and my wife cannot sleep like that. She's a very light sleeper as it is. So I've been sleeping on the couch, which has not been great. Uh, yesterday I woke up, scared the absolute bleep out of me, a face this close to me holding a shoe. Um, like, Hey, it's time to play. Um, time to get up. Oh my God. It was 3am. Um, so I am, uh, I'm struggling. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Ethan. We appreciate you. We do have absolutely have to get, um, we do absolutely have to get, uh, Jadavion, excuse me, McClowney, Javante Williams on that banner for you. I know that I say running backs don't matter, but uh, in the second round on the rookie contract, that's when they matter. Um, those those are the ones that matter. He's so he's got three more years of mattering to me. They might not matter, but you know when you've got a good one and when you don't, that's for damn sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we got a good one today. I think we're gonna have another good one today, also, guys. Um, again, keep your eyes out for uh, Darius Williams and Chandler Jones. The market's shifting continuously for the Broncos, but uh, those are the two names that. I've heard personally, so uh, we'll see. Um, I don't think George Payton is going to overspend, but they definitely want to get somebody. Ethan coming in as the closer. We appreciate you. Michael in the house. Great show today. Broncos for breakfast with Nick and Scott. Go Broncos. We'll see you in 10 minutes on Twitter, Michael. Appreciate you so much. Um, Make sure you guys are – this is obviously Broncos for breakfast. We're here every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday morning at 7.30 Mountain Time for your morning drive and just hanging out. I know that a lot of people enjoy uh, listening to us in the shower. Weird, but whatever. I won't kink shame. Um, so uh, make <laughs> sure you're safe. To us. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, it, I guess that's better judge. than. It's better you know than what? looking we at. Make, we might we might do a show in the shower one day. You know. Yeah, you know. Um, how much are we talking here? No, okay, yeah, right absolutely. Here. Right, yeah, right okay. here. That's up. 
uh, I need to hit the gym. I need to, that needs to be post hiking season when I'm kind of you know gaunt and uh, but <laughs> right in uh, time for our manscaped reads. Oh, uh, there Speaking we go. Manscapes. Yeah, we're getting way off the. Uh, <laughs> we're getting way off. Um, make sure you guys are also following us at uh, Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, join our community there at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Um, people listening to us after the fact, or if you are a podcast listener at all, if you're a psychopath who listens to content at two times speed, just go, so you can consume as much as possible and become the internet, um, then make sure you head on to iTunes, find the Huddle Up podcast, leave us a five-star review and a comment. Helps us a heck of a lot. There's a lot of great content producers and people in the draft in the Broncos sphere of things, but we like to think we're doing things slightly different here and as enjoyable and the community aspect is big. So make sure you're uh, going there and giving us a shout out. Also, if you're on YouTube, if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe, like, and share. I see we got 50 reacts in here, which is actually a pretty good number for a Tuesday morning show. I guess it is a big show with the uh, free agency going on right now. But if you're joining us right now, you haven't done so yet, please click the uh, the likes up there, the heart react, the care react. We have an angry react coming in here from uh, Jacob Fry. Come on, Jacob. It's probably my linebacker disparaging comments. I need to be a little bit uh, little bit slanderous these days. I can't tease be you. my guys. big forehead. Uh, you know, it is pretty no. the wrong way when they can see themselves in my forehead. Yeah, here we go. Free agency studs and suds podcast. We're gonna, that's, there you go. Um, yeah, awesome. Well, guys, we appreciate you. We will see you tomorrow on Scott's channel um, at uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy and uh, probably do a top 10 mock draft there since uh, that's no longer the case for the Broncos. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of doing it. It feels a little like who cares? It's strange. It's like who cares about the draft right now in free agency, yeah. but we still care about the draft without a doubt. Yep, absolutely. I mean, gosh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have to use a different mock draft simulators for Mondays going going forward. Um, we appreciate everyone. We will see you tonight on uh, Building the Broncos, maybe with some more news, um, unless George Payton does a classic wait until everybody's asleep on the east side of the country and then uh, make moves. But we appreciate you. Yeah, Scott, we'll see you later. Have a good one. Um, this, this question's been asked multiple times, so I'm going to get to this one. What happened to Travis... Fulgham, I think he was a one-year contract and is a free agent again. He was a free agent most of last year. The Broncos brought on him on late. Um, he He's another one where, like, if your wide receiver core is bad, you still have to put somebody out there that's going to catch footballs. And Travis uh, Fulgham was fine, but he's not a difference maker at all. Um, so he accumulated stats because the Eagles had no pass catchers of quality that could do that. So I think he's a free agent again. It's my understanding. Maybe he's a futures contract, but I think he's old enough where that's not the case. Um, so, all right, guys, everyone have a good one. We're going to get out of here. I got to walk the dog quick and get on into work. We appreciate you. Stay safe. Choose kindness, choose compassion. Day two of free agency. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 